Welcome to the Living the Writing Life podcast. My guest today is author and entrepreneur Jillian Felix. Jillian has been writing since she was old enough to hold a pencil. And as of this interview, she's the author of 10 books. She enjoys creating characters that could be your next door neighbor, but would you want them as your neighbor is another story. Originally from Trinidad and Tobago, Miss Felix moved to the United States in 1998. She's been involved in the entertainment industry for over 10 years. She's trained in the Meisner and Stanislavski technique of acting, which she credits as an asset to her character development and writing. She's also an entrepreneur and advocate for children's and women's rights. Her company, Karma Centric Solutions, builds SEO compliant websites for small business and provides marketing from a karma centric perspective. In today's conversation, we'll be talking about how to find our way back to writing after an unplanned and unwelcome hiatus. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Thank you so much, Nancy. So good to be here. Oh, well, I'm I'm very excited to be able to do this because I think that the topic we're going to discuss is something that a lot of writers have to deal with. You know, when things happen and suddenly, you know, we, we simply can't write. We're just mentally, emotionally, creatively, we are just stuck. So, you know, I think your experience is really going to uh, maybe shed some light on on how the rest of us can deal with it. And getting into that, in 2017, exactly one month before your 40, 43rd birthday, you were involved in a car accident when you were hit by a drunk driver. That landed you in the hospital for three weeks, followed by a long and arduous recovery period. So let's start there. How are you doing now, five years later? Well, I'm, I'm writing again, which is a good thing <laughs> because that's my soul. That's my heart. And so it took a while to get back here. Um, I'm in a much better place mentally, um, emotionally. I've learned so much from that. I'm not the same person I was before the accident because I've come out from that with so much more appreciation for life, um, appreciation for human beings. I've slowed down a whole lot because before that, I was just like running here, there, and everywhere, doing everything, marketing my books. I was just, it was just a, a crazy marketing whirlwind. And now it's, it's calmed down a whole heck of a lot. I don't need to like do a, a big push for marketing. And I don't, time is not running out when it comes to that. You know, I just take my time now and I'm just, you know, get going in the, going with the flow. So yeah, that's how I'm doing. Well, and you know, it's, it's amazing how sometimes, you know, when, when we look back at these kind of events, it's like, well, okay, yes, it was a terrible thing that happened, but at least something good came out of it. Some, some uh, education or some change in our own life. Um, now you had told me that you were left with not only a more than five figure hospital bill and a loss of income, but also with nightmares and a lifetime of mental anguish. After such an experience, some writers use their creative skills to cope with the emotions by writing about it. Did you do that as well? Well, I couldn't write because like my mind was in such a messed up place. Like my body was just, it was broken, right? Like 
Um, I couldn't hold a pencil. I had no finger. My fingers were just um, so messed up because when he hit me, I was dragged under his car for like 40 feet or 50 feet, something like that, something crazy. Um, and the thing about it, I did not lose consciousness, which probably made it worse in a way because I can still remember everything. And so that memory just kept playing over and over and over in my mind. And I couldn't even think about writing at that time. When something like that happens, you have, there's no way that you can even be creative in a situation like that. Cause I'm thinking about, I need to heal. I remember um, when he finally stopped because he didn't even realize he hit a human. He stopped and I looked at my fingers and I started telling my sister because my sister was with me. She was running alongside his car, hitting on his windshield, trying to get him to stop. Um, I looked at my fingers and I saw that they were just all covered in blood. My 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 hands and everything it was really, I don't want to get into it too much because it can be really graphic and ugh, scary. But it was such a bad situation. My sister was like, you're worried about your, your fingers and your hands look at the rest of your body. <laughs> it was that bad. But I was thinking, oh my God, my finger, I'm not going to be able to use my fingers again on my hands. And so that's what was my scary thing. And so um, in rehab and having to like work my way back to that, I had to get mentally, use all my mental energy to heal before I can even think about writing again, you know? So well, and that makes sense. I mean, you know, especially after something so, gosh, so traumatic, it, physically traumatic, mentally traumatic, emotionally traumatic. I, I mean, I, yeah, there's, there's, you, you got to focus your energies in one place. And, mm -hmm. and obviously the healing part was, was the most important to, to be able to get through that. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm frankly, I'm just amazed, you know, just from that little bit. I, I can't even begin to imagine that that had to be horrible. Um, you know, and on top of it all, that was the day before the launch of book six, Young Hollywood in your family portrait series. So obviously you couldn't do any book marketing. So what did you do with the book? How did you handle that part of the business? Well, um, when I was well enough to come home and I was well enough to use my hands and after I'd recuperated a bit, I decided I am just going to um, have it as a free book on my website because I couldn't bring myself to go back there because that was the book that I was rushing to to um, to put out there in the world. And I had like, so like my sister would look at my calendar and she was like, this is insane. I don't know how you're living because I, I just had so much stuff going on at the time. And so I decided I'm going to just like pull back from it and not do anything when it comes to that. Just just leave it alone, you know, release it for whoever wants it. It's on my website, it can read it for free. Um, and then a part of it too was um, the one of the characters in the book, in that episode or series or book was, um, was in a serious car accident, it was the same type of thing. It was, they were drinking, the teenage girls, they were drinking and they hit somebody. And one person died. And that was so triggering for me because I, this was way before my accident. It was like not even in the spare, fail. Like I never had anything like that happen. So when I wrote it the first time, I was just writing from like what would happen if, if such and such happened. And the accident happened and I could not go back. Like I went back, I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is just too much. Like I just couldn't, I, it, it took me a while to like get back 
to touch in that book. Like even up to now, I still can't read. I can't read it <laughs> because it's just too much. <laughs> That that's incredible. I mean, you know, it, it's some sometimes, you know, we write from experiences that happen to us. But in that case, you wrote it first and then, uh, you know, and then it happens. And it's yeah, I could I could see where it would be like, I can't touch this. It may be an absolutely wonderful book. And I'm sure it is. But I can totally understand that you you just because it's triggering that you just can't go back to it again i mean that's mm -hmm. yeah that is is very strange um you know you mentioned that when you were well enough to work you went back to your corporate position as the marketing manager at ayurvedic i have trouble with that word in institute um besides it obviously supplying you with an income what did that job do for you at this difficult time in your life well, it, it had helped me heal because I learned, I learned so many different modalities about meditation and your mind and how your body works and heals. Um, I was doing something called cranial sacral. Um, they offered that to us, um, and any Ayurvedic um, modalities that they offered, they offered that to the employees. So I was very lucky because that helped heal my soul. Um, and in turn, my body started healing at a faster rate because my soul was being healed. Um, mentally, it was being healed. And so that has helped a lot. And it helped me with writing because it slowed me down. It's part of the whole slowing down process, enjoying the process, not rushing through from one book to get to the next book and with the marketing. And all. you know what it's like when you have a book out with all the craziness and, and overbooking yourself. It, it taught me to step back, take a minute, take a breath. You just wrote the book. You don't need to put it out and start marketing it right away. I mean, yeah, it's an income source, but you know, you need to take care of yourself first or else you're not going to be good for the book. And so that's one of the major things that it taught me when it comes to helping me with my writing. Wow. That it was just such a, a, fortuitous thing that you were able to go back to to that place to work because it brought so much to you i mean the way things kind of circle around and and give us an opportunity to heal in ways that you know might not have otherwise been available to you so that's that's wonderful to know and yeah i know what you mean about you know you're rushing because there's i don't know how these authors should do it who put out multiple books in one year I mean, I, I, you know, with me, with, with Rita, the book I just put out, Reinventing Rita, it's like, oh my gosh, trying to do this, trying to do that. And it's not, I think sometimes it's not only the actual tasks that we're doing, but it's the pressure feeling like no matter what we do, it's not going to be enough. You, you see somebody else doing something else, marketing their book, and you're thinking, oh, I should be doing that too, or, yeah. or they're doing it so much better than me. It, it's yeah it becomes um very stressful i mean it's mm -hmm. you know i i realize that that is a facet of being an author yes we have to market but yeah you're right you kind of have to sometimes take a step back and because it it'll wear you down and then how are you going to work on the next one you know it's exactly yeah the burnout the burnout will just do you in and then what good is it so yeah i mean that's um that's really something. So how long did it take before you were able to get back into the fiction writing saddle, so to speak? Mm, about four years. 
it wow. took me about four years to get back into it because um, after everything, it was just like, I, I kind of had it like in the back of my mind, like to get back to writing, but I needed to like fully heal first. And after I, um, I took some time off and like I, I started my business on the side and, you know, I started doing things like that. And then um, I started door dashing because like between clients, you know, things were slow. I needed to have some kind of income coming in. So I started doing DoorDash, which turned out to be so good for me because I learned so much and I was able to add that into this new book. <laughs> that is a whole new experience. Um, and so I ended up doing DoorDash. And while I was doing DoorDash, uh, you know, waiting for one assignment to the next, I, I picked up a script that I had um, I'd written years ago. And it had won some kind of competition somewhere. And so I picked it up and I was like, all right, I'm going to read this because I need something to read in the car. But I, I felt like in my heart that I should get back to writing. But you know, when you haven't done it in a while, you're just like, I wonder if I can do it. And you start doubting yourself. And you're like, am I fooling myself? Did I really, you know what I mean? So I picked up that script, started reading it. And lo and behold, I didn't cringe or anything. So I'm like, oh, this is not bad. And then I remembered, yeah, this was this won an award. And then I, I got an option for a little while. So it had to be good. So I started reading it and I was like, oh, yes, yes. And it just came back, you know, that 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 energy and that what I needed, the kick in the butt that I needed to be like, yeah, you can do this. You did it before. You can do it again. And so um, that's what what sparked my writing, you know, passion again to like really get back into it, because I think it was more fear of going back into um, if I'd gone back before, I think it was more fear that was keeping me from doing it. And I think that it has to be the right time to do it because um, I feel now like my writing is so much more evolved than it was before because I'm a different person. I see things differently. I have more different experiences, you know, coming into this, to this, this side of it. So, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about, too, because it's like, you know, when, when you have when you look at things that you wrote prior to the accident or, you know, for anybody who's gone through some major life experience. OK, and, and they look at what they wrote before and it's almost like, you know, they almost can't believe that they wrote it because, like you said, you feel like you're a totally different person or or you've become a different person. You've become in different in a good way, you know, um, in, in whichever fashion it becomes maybe more open, more, more emotional. I, I don't know, but, um, and then of course that's going to translate to the writing, you know, the either, either a choice of what we're writing about or how we present the characters. I mean, just, so do you think, you know, now, now with whatever it is you're writing, uh, are there are there um can you see a difference even like when you're doing characterizations are you are you coming at it from a different way for sure and especially when i had written the first series back in 2014 we lived in a completely different world you know there it, everything was completely it was nothing like a pandemic it was just unheard of in the us um, and then with all the the political unrest and all the the um, the the whole George Floyd movement and all that kind of stuff, that brought to light a lot of different things, you know, for a lot of different people. 
I didn't grow up in the U.S., so I never experienced, um, you know, racial um, biases outright, like people who have been here. Because in my country, whether you're black, you're white, you're blue, nobody cares. Everybody is just everybody, you know, with just one big pot of people. And it's when I came to the U.S., you know, you see that people look at you differently. I never noticed all that stuff before. I never, you know, it never, it never dawned on me that, you know, I was different from anybody else. I felt like if I'm good enough, I can do it. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what color my skin is, how my hair, I, that stuff just never occurred to me. And then this whole thing came up with like the whole George Floyd stuff and then this, that, the next. And then I started seeing things and I was like, wait, really? This was this was there all the time. And I was like, I was just like, I would, they, you know, people talk about like, you know, being, um, I can't remember the word, like, um, I can't remember the word, but there's a word that they say that, you know, um, people are racially biased or something. I think that's what the word is. In my mind, like, I, I'm, I think I'm that person too, because I never saw it as, you know, me being different, you know, or my friends being different. You know, I mean, I have a wide variety of friends. I love them all. It doesn't matter their skin color or whatever. None of it ever mattered to me. But apparently now in this whole um, climate that we live in, it's so more prominent and things like that. So I like had to step back and I was like, I don't want to change my way, but I guess I have to in a way because that is the society that we're being thrust into. So like now with the new book, it has a little more depth to it. And it has, it deals with like things with the pandemic and things like that and how people's lives have changed. And so that has deepened my writing and that has deepened the character development because the characters in this new book are the same characters from the first series, but they're just more aware. There's just more awareness and there's more because we live in a different world. We have different things to worry about now, you know, that we didn't have back in 2014. So, yeah, yeah, that that's true. And it's and it's interesting that what you're what you're having your characters do that to to um, become more aware is is the process you've already gone through. So they're kind of following in your footsteps in, in a sense, you know. So mm -hmm. that's, um, that's, that's really, yeah. And, and that is true. I mean, it's, um, so much has happened, you know, all, all the things that you mentioned and it's, you know, you think back and you're like, wow, you know, it, you, you don't realize that, you know, how much, I don't want to say easier because it all depends on what perspective you're coming at. But I mean, I, I think, yeah, between, between the George Floyd thing and the pandemic. And of course, you know, the mass shootings. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, I think back to when I was a kid, it's like these things, you know, you never even heard, never about, heard about that. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. it is. And, and, and you're right. I mean, it would be very hard to, to then write uh, and just keep everything at a very surface level and especially after what you've gone through personally mm -hmm. with the accident, I mean, it's it's almost like you are now called upon to go deeper, you know? Yeah, 
Exactly. So it's so much, it's so much more deeper. And and I am learning along with the characters in my book about this new world that we live in. Because some of the things I've never been exposed to, and I'm just now learning. So I'm kind of like exploring different things through the, the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, if that makes sense. So it kind of like as I learn their learning, I'm imparting that on to them. And so hopefully the readers will see a different perspective and they'll be like, oh, OK, so I didn't realize that, you know, this is one way to look at things instead. of It's not all just black and white. There's always a gray area and there's always, you know, there's always another way to look at things. And it doesn't like suppress one person to look at things from one perspective. It just opens you up. And I, I think as writers, we need that perspective to be opened up and see things from different perspective with our characters. And that's how we, you know, that's how we appeal to different people. Right, right. And and I think too that broadens your reading base because people are going to read the book that maybe would not have normally read it, and they're gonna be like, I can relate to this. Or, you know, conversely, I never thought of that. I never realized that. And, you know, that, that you're right. I mean, as writers, that is really what we should be doing is just sort of opening the door and saying, here, look, look at this vista. This is different. You only are seeing one thing. Open this door, look at it. It Mm -hmm. looks a little bit different than what you would be expecting. Now, you know, when when you had been such a, a long time, and you touched on this a little bit, you'd been such a, a long time without writing, and your concerns about it, which, you know, fortunately you overcame once you read that script in that, but do you have any advice for people who are now struggling for what whatever reason, whether it was a physical thing that happened, something emotional, but they're, they're just, they're almost afraid to try to write because they're afraid it's no longer there so Mm -hmm. any any tips for them to to help them get over that and give it a shot again well if you have work that you've previously written that's a good place to start you know you go back and then you don't have to like throw yourself in right then and there you just you write the outlines you write what you feel it doesn't need to make sense You can just put it down like I have cue cards, like I just write things down on cue cards, like I would have a vision of of um, of a scene or something. I would just write it down on a cue card and I'll come back to it later on. That kind of like it kind of feeds your insides, at least for me. And but you the main thing is you have it written down. And so you start, um, once you start doing that, you'll see it start coming more and more and more. So it's just starting small. You know, it doesn't have to be like a whole book in your mind because it never comes together that way. You know, it's always in pieces. So you just write the pieces that you do have and you don't be hard on yourself. They're like, no, oh, this is crap. No, you just write it. You don't think about about like, how's it going to end or anything like that. You just write it, just start, you now, know? Did, did you, were you part of a writing group or anything? Or did you have like some people that, you maybe shared things with after the accident to kind of kind of help you along or encourage you? Well, um, what I do is I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
I listen to like your podcast. You have a lot of great writers on your podcast and they talk about their their um their experiences and things like that. And so listening to that, you get it's so inspirational because you hear people doing the things that you want to do. Um, another good podcast that I listen to that has been my go-to is uh, Mel Robbins podcast. And she is just, you want to do something, just do it. Five, four, three, two, one, just do it. And, you know, that is the kind of kick in the pants that usually that had me going. I still up to this day, listen to her religiously every Sunday. Um, I listen to Jay Shetty podcasts. So all these podcasts, they, um, they're like my um, my angel wings. You know, they help me, they push me forward because in my world, as it is, I don't have any writer friends. Nobody in my family, nobody I know is a writer besides you. You're like the closest friend I have who's a writer. Everybody else is, um, or corporate business, you know, anything else but writing. So having a sit down with the friends that I do have about writing, you'll see their mind just their eyes just glaze over and it was like, whatever, you know, they don't even read in my genre. So it doesn't even make sense talking to them about it. So that's why I get my, um, my, um, my, uh, what do you call it? My inspiration, inspiration from, yeah, from podcasts. And that's so. a really, that's a really good idea too, because sometimes we need that, you know, you, we can become so judgmental. It's like, you know, you write two sentences and you say, oh, well, the first one is bad. So let me cross it out. I mean, we we start right away, you know, judging our work or thinking, oh, you know, before we even have a paragraph down, it's like, how am I going to write 85,000 words? And it's like, you know, I, I teach a, a workshop on on writing and, and I say, you know, when you're looking at a big project, it's like eating an elephant, just one little bite at a time, you know, just... One thing, and I don't know if this is something that you did, but one thing I found that was really helpful to me because I've I've gone through periods where things were happening in my life and they just sort of really impacted my ability to be creative. And it's like, okay, I only have to do it for 30 minutes. I only have to sit there and write for 30, just 30 little minutes. That's not even a whole hour, right? <laughs> just a half hour. And but you have to do it every day. And what mm -hmm. it is, is it becomes a, a, a routine. It, it just becomes a regular process and there's no judging. I mean, for 30 minutes, you might write something that's so bad. You're just going to trash it later, but it's just doing the act of it. And, mm -hmm. and that really has got me through some really bad times when I thought I I could never write anything. Well, I only have to, now I only got to do it for 30 minutes, you mm -hmm. know, and it, it just, yeah, every, every little bit, you know. And, and how often does that 30 minutes turns into two hours? Cause you see, you put your head down, you start writing and before you know it, five hours has passed and you're like, what, where did it go? Right. Exactly. But you know, you've got to be there. It's, it's like people go, well, I have to wait to, I have to wait to be inspired. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. You yeah. start writing and the act itself is what inspires you. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about your newest release, uh, Adriana, which is a Banovic series book one. Now you released it just this past September. When did you start working on it? 
I started, um, well, I had the idea back in July, it might have been. Um, and so I just kind of, I had the idea of rebooting the family portrait series because of, like, as I said, you know, they live in a different world now. And so um, I didn't, I know if I had to reboot it, it had to be something that I felt really strongly about. The issues had to be something that mattered to me. Um, it cannot be like surface, like you mentioned before, it had to be something deeper. And so, um, so back in July, I think I had the idea and then I started doing outlines for it. Um, because it was during, you know, like I have a, a notebook that I used to carry around in my car when I was doing DoorDash and I would just write, you know, little ideas and things like that um, for the character, how I was going to evolve the character and that kind of stuff. So it would have been back in July. And so it took me a little while before. And it took me about three months to actually put everything, yeah, to actually get it to where I was like, okay, I can publish it and I feel good about it. Wow, I, I am impressed because I don't think I could do so so basically that was your was that the only thing you were doing was working on the book or were you still working full time at the institute? Oh no, I was working um at that time I had left because the, the institute had moved the, the the whole company moved to a different state and I wasn't gonna move I just I love it out here, so I wasn't gonna move. So um I started I was working, I was doing DoorDash at the time. Um, and running my company because I build websites for people. And so, I, so like in between that, I would do it. Now, the thing about it is with me is like, once I get an idea and it starts flowing, I would sit there, Nancy, and I would, I would start at 8, 8 a.m. And I, by the time I look up, it's 10, 10 p.m. Because I just write like nonstop. It's just crazy. Like once I start and like I get the idea, I feel it in my soul and I'm just like, oh, I just have to do it. And I just do it. And so that's why I'm able to finish. I was able to finish it. And they're not very long books because they're designed to be read um, quickly. It's short. It's, it, it's written like an episode of a TV series because I have a, a background in, in uh, film and TV writing. So I've written this book these books like tv series so they're they're not very long they're not very short but they're quicker reads so i can sit there and just write constantly for like hours because i put my head down i'm writing and then before i know when i look up it's the time is like where the time go because <laughs> i'm in a totally different world right right that that's incredible um now how many well first of all Let's talk a little bit about the book. What is the story about? Well, it's about uh, Adriana, who um, in the first book, she some of the, the things are, are the same, where she's still 15. But in this book, she's a little more, she has a little more depth to her. Like she grew up in this world where she's, you know, the soap opera world because she was an actress. She got fired from that position. And now she's seeing the world differently. So she thinks that she wants this career and she thinks that she wants to, um, to have everything the way she wants. But then she's realizing there's more to life than just what I want. There's more to life than what's out there. 
my family, just in my family. Like she lost her grandfather. And um, for me, that hit home because I think you and I lost our dads around the same time. I remember that. And I never really dealt with that. And I never really dealt with the fact that my dad and I, we weren't close growing up. But then when coming on towards the end, we got really close. And so with Adriana, like her grandfather died and she didn't have that chance to, she didn't have the, the chance to get to know him. And so now she's discovering all these things about him. And now she wants to know more and she has no way to know more because her father and her grandfather had this rift. So she can't really ask him too much, too many things about it. So now she's finding out like, little clues about his life. And so she's like, wow, this is, is a whole new world. So it's, it, it's a coming of age story where she's finding about finding out about herself on top of all the teenage angst and finding out about her family and what she re what really matters in this world. Because, you know, in our minds, we think we, we want one thing, but then when we get that one thing is something else, you know? So all these things are in life is to teach us, teach us and to, it's like a step. You keep going up and up and up and you just take the first step and you just you, you um you go with it and every step is a learning is a learning step you know so to speak and so that's her learning step so this is the first um in the series and it's her it's about her character and how she sees the world so wow it, it really sounds fascinating are are Thank all you. your are all your novels um, young adult in that genre, or do you also write adult for for the adult audience? Well, I do write for the adult audience. Like the book that I'd written um, for for Kindle Vella. I don't know if you've ever tried Kindle Vella. Um, so anyway, I wrote um, actually Adriana's grandfather, his story in Kindle Vella. And the way that his story is, it's more adult because it deals with a lot of serious stuff. Like he, his parents, um, his dad was a, a, an alcoholic and his mom was an abused mom because she wanted so much more. She was, when he met her, um, when her dad met, met his mom, she was on her way to becoming a lawyer in the 1940s in the U.S., so that's a whole different thing. And it was so amazing to me because I get to learn all this history about the US in the 1940s and what life was like. And so um, her dad was a field, uh, his, his dad was a field actor and he just did not want his wife to become a lawyer and to show him up. And, you know, he had this machismo type of behavior. And so all of that happens. And so it's, it's, it deals with a lot of like serious, serious, heavy issues. Um, so that's not really young adult. That's more adult. Mm -hmm. But um, the funny thing about my young adult series, a lot of adults like it because there's like a whole group of adults who read young adults, which is great because, you know, it, it uh, you know, you can kind of push the envelope there. So. Mm hmm. Now, do you have a, a central theme that you tend to come back to or, or that sort of runs through your fiction? Yeah, family, for sure. Family, it's all about families. Like um, in, the, in the family portrait series, it's different families. So we have the Banovic family, who's like the core family. Then we have the Malones, and then we have the Da Costas. So we have all these different families and their dynamics. And every family, their dynamic obviously is different because they all have different backgrounds. 
And that's the same thing that that um, that follows through for this one and for Victor's story, the Kindles, um, the Kindle Vela series. Um, it's all about family and the interaction between family because family, it you know, we would like it everybody to get along, but you, in reality, it does not happen. <laughs> just, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, that, that makes it. And I think that also, you know, um, helps people relate better because, you know, you see these, not not so much now, but when I was growing up, you know, the father knows best type TV shows, everything is so sanitized and everything. And, <laughs> yep. and it's like, you know, if you're in a situation where this is not like my family, you know, you, you then it's like, I can't relate to that. But when you have something where you have those issues in the family. I mean, everybody's got them, you know? And, and the mm -hmm. thing is, when you're going through a situation, say a, a preteen or a teenager, and there's some major dynamics in your family, you know, you might think it's only you, that, that it's only, you're the only one dealing with this. And at least mm -hmm. if you start out by, reading about it even though it's fiction it still makes you feel like that's it's not just me and you know and then you start finding out everybody's got something everybody's something. got something wrong right mm -hmm. so and and mm -hmm. i think that helps because when you feel like you're the only one that it's very yeah. very difficult to to move through it then Mm -hmm. It's very isolating, and I, and I like the movement that it, that's um, that's now where people are actually talking about what is, you know, because you see somebody and you see the success, and we all have comparisonitis at some point. Like you said it earlier, we see an author doing something, and we're like, we should be doing it, blah 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 blah. But how did they get there? You see them selling all these books, and they're they're, they're seemingly successful. How did they get there? You know, now I see like society is kind of pulling the curtains back. And so people are letting people in more now to see, okay, yeah, this is, you know, people are being more vulnerable, but not in a bad way. Right. And and, yeah. and more honest. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that helps all of us because I don't care what level you're at as an author or any other whatever career you're at there's always going to be somebody that looks like they're further up the food chain than you. And there's going to be people who are further down, but you know, you, you also don't know how did they get there. And, you know, to do that comparison is that's so, so deadly for you. You know, the only, the only person you should be measuring yourself against or comparing yourself is the person you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. Whether it is whether it is in your own personal development or your development in your career, you know, because um, you can go nuts trying to say, you know, wow, she she had a book signing and sold 500 books at her signing. And I had a book signing and sold five books at my book signing. I must be a terrible author or I must be a terrible mm -hmm. book marketer. Right. And and it's like you can't look at it that way. You you know. You just got to com compare against yourself who you were yesterday 
Have I done something to maybe move the needle and improve myself so I'm a little bit better today in it? So yeah, and and that's that's why I always say that too. Like I'm not in, in comparison with anybody else; it's myself because I just want to make the current book better than the last one. And yeah. so that's that's how I have to look at it. I have to like black. You have to put blinders on. Yeah, they're doing this, and that's great. And what they're doing may not work for you. Because I'm not an alco, I'm not a person who will go to a books like take my books to do a book. That's just not me. I have to find another way to do it because I am I am very introverted. I am like, yeah. And but you know, I have a close group of friends and they they're who I they are and stuff like that. And I'm open to everybody else, but like to market myself, like go out in person and do that is just not me. And so everybody is different. So what works for one person may not work for you. And so you just need to find your, what works for you, you know? That's, that's really good advice. I mean, that, that is true because there's all, all the books and, and articles and other things that are saying, oh, you have to do these 10 things, you know, and maybe nine of them just, they just aren't your thing, you know? And then yeah. if you try to do them, you're not going to do them well anyhow. So yeah, find, find your, find your niche in terms of, of your career and, and marketing and whatever it is you need to do. Um, mm -hmm. I did want to ask you also, because you're an advocate for children's and women's rights, does that figure in your novel either as plot points or in character development? Um, not really. I mean, if the story goes there, then sure. But that is more something that I do in my private, in my non-author life. Um, but yeah, I would love to be able to do that. But if, if it's not in the scene or in the character, you know, as part of their world, then I don't want to force it. Because if I force it, it's going to just be a mess. And then I, I know when... I know when I'm writing something that's not resonating because I just stop. Like I can write like a maniac when the ideas are flowing, but if I try to insert something in there that shouldn't be in there, forget it. I could sit there and just watch that cursor and not do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally understand that because it's it's like, you know, you 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 read some of these things and they're like, well, you have to have, this in your novel or you have to have that in your novel or you have to have these kind of characters or you know be be have a lot of diversity in your novel and it's like i mean okay for me i'm sorry i'm a white woman and and of a of a certain age right so so it's like if i started just bringing in characters from a different background without having a good reason for them to be in there it's going to be like you had the token person you had the token person yeah. from another uh, ethnic group or a token person from another uh gender group i mean and it would be bad it would be really 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 bad right i mean you can yeah. tell when somebody has done that mm -hmm. so you know if it if i'm uh, it's it's like you said if you're writing and it comes in naturally, great, because you can feel that it's natural. But, yeah. but you know, if, if you just try to stick it in there to please the powers that be, I mean, it's um, it, it's just going to sound very false. So Yeah, but 
we're lucky that we're self-published so that we don't this have a powers true. that be. We're well, all this, own is <laughs> so. this is true. And that, that was going to be my next question. Why did you decide to be independently published, to, to not go through the, I've got to get a, a, an agent. And then uh, once I spend X number of years hunting for an agent, then hopefully I can have a, you know, traditional publisher. Why'd you opt for doing it this way? Well, I had an agent at one point um, and that didn't work out because we had totally different ideas. Like they've seen, they read it and they're like, well, it should be this way and it should be that way. But that's, if the story doesn't feel right, I'm not going to put it in there just because you think it feel, then that means you're not getting it. You know, um, one time I had uh, I'd marketed a script to someone and they were interested and he came back to me and he was like, this is great, but it should be a comedy. I was like, no, it is not a comedy. I'm not going to like narrow it down to like 30 minutes and, and put jokes in there just for these are not is not a comedy. It's a drama. That's what I write drama. You're going to comedy writing and drama writing is two completely different things. And so. You can't force a drama writer to write comedy. There's some people who, God bless them, they can do it. I'm not one of them. And so I had to like be, okay, this is this is just not working. You're not, if you look at this and you think that this is drama, that, 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 that you look at my drama and you think that it should be comedy, you're putting your spin on it and you're not really getting what the story is about. I found another producer, another producer actually, she contacted me and she loved it. She was like, don't change a thing. This is what it's, it's supposed to be. She got it. And so there was a difference. Um, to, to get back to your question, um, I just don't do the whole, after that situation, I just don't do the whole agent thing because it's just too much energy that's taking away from me when I could be writing or marketing it or doing different things. I'm not about to sit there and wait for a publisher to come to me and be like, you know, because like you say, you wait years for a publisher. Hopefully a publisher will take you on. And all this time, what am I doing? There's no writing. There's a whole audience out there. There's things that I could be doing. I'm not going to just sit there and just hope and pray for, I'm just going to go out there and make my own stuff happen. You know, yeah. so that's why I don't, I don't do an agent anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And it's like, you know, I'll, I'll read these things on social media where somebody will say, Oh, after five years, six years, seven years of pitching to an agent, I finally have an agent. And of course, now you're starting the next five to seven years of trying to get a, a publisher, right? I'm thinking, I'm sorry, at my age, I don't have that much time left that I can wait five, six, seven years. And then you have to hope that the agent doesn't leave the agency because that puts mm -hmm. you in another fix. I'm just... Yeah, I, I mean, I, some of my books are traditionally published, but I never had an agent. It just, mm -hmm. you know, my, my publisher on Solicited Press took all my short story collections. And my first book started out with um, Beyond Words, which is a, a, it was a smaller press that was in, in Oregon. And then I think they're in Oregon. And then they did some kind of collaborative deal with Simon & Schuster. So technically my first book is out through Simon & Schuster, but, you know, as as far as especially now with my novel series, it's like, I know that I want to turn out one a year. So I don't have time to hope that an agent gets it, you know, mm -hmm. and no, I'm just going to 
just going to do it myself. And which is not saying, and I'm sure you're the same way, doing it yourself doesn't mean that we do not employ proofreaders and, and editors and get in, you know, get people to look at it and objectively tell us what needs to be fixed or how we can improve it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just foolish. You know, you, you need qualified people to give it a, get, take a good look at it. And because sometimes we're too close, right? Exactly. But, Agreed. you know, nevertheless, we're, we're still, we're still entrepreneurs in that area. We're literary entrepreneurs and that makes total sense for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So what, what's ahead for you now? Uh, is there a, now, now that Adrienne is out, what are you working on next? Uh, Leanne, she's going to be the next character from her family and seeing things from her point of view. Um, I have ideas for the outline and because it's been, she has a whole book in the other series I just need to modify that with her new way of thinking because I changed her family up a little bit, her family dynamics. So she is, um, it, the next book is going to be called Leanne and she's going to be the headliner of that book. Adriana is still going to be in it because they're friends or their friendship is growing, but it's just, um, it, she's the next character for it. So like currently now I'm doing marketing for Adriana and I'm starting to do like outlines for Leanne and things like that. And then my other business, uh, Karma Centric Solutions, I just had like just book a few clients now. So I'm going to, that's going to have to, cause that's my main source of income. So you know what that's like. I know you have what to, that's like. like yeah. You have to I'm like, a copywriter. So that's my main source of income is doing that right? for clients. And so when you get the client is feast or famine most of the time. So, um, so right now I just, I have to work on my client stuff. And so right now my, my mind is on um, client stuff for income, uh, karma centric solutions. And then, um, and then, and then marketing Adriana and then start working on Leanne. (laughs) Wow. Sounds like you and I basically run the same kind of three prong track, right? I mean, it's, it's can be a little, yeah, can be a little crazy, but you know, it's, it's what we've chosen to do. And it's, and it's, it feels good though. I mean, it feels right. You know, when you're doing something and it feels right, as opposed to feeling so overwhelmed that you're burning out, you know, and you Mm -hmm. talked about that before. So let me ask you, this is always my last question when I interview anybody. How do you define success as a writer? What makes you feel successful as a writer? When when I uh, when everything has come together, all the production is done, and okay, the books have been written, and we're out there marketing it, I feel so relieved. You know what it's like. It's like your baby's out there. I mean, there's this nervousness because you're wondering, is anybody going to like it? Is anybody going to read it? But you know what? As long as you put your best, you put your all into it. Because like when I'm done writing a book, I just am exhausted. And that's a good thing because that means I left nothing on the table. I put it all in there and I'm exhausted. I just need to like, oh, just chill out for a little bit and then start the marketing and all that kind of stuff. So um, 
that's that's a successful thing for me. It's not so much about the money. I would love to sell a lot of books. You would too, I'm sure, where we can just <laughs> live off our books. That would be so great. And we don't have to do all the copywriting and the website building and all that stuff and just write and put it out there. It sells. We're like the JK Rawlings. We're good. You know, <laughs> that would be awesome, right? That would be like the ultimate success. But in my little world right now, Success is when I'm done with a book, I've released it out into the wild, and it has to do its thing. And that's my success. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's like, you know, you birthed that baby now. Okay, kid, you know, out of the nest, keep going now. But that, no, I know exactly what you mean. And and, and you're right. It's, It's not about the book sales. It's about like you said, you left nothing on the table. You put your all into it. You did the best you could. And it's a sense of completion, you know. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. you start the next one again, right? <laughs> <laughs> you start the whole process over. But the thing about it is there's nothing that we would rather be doing. Because I'm sure that you and I, we could go out there and get a nine to five. We can go out there and work for somebody Instead, we're fighting and we're struggling every day, but we love it because it's what we do, you right. know? Right. So, I, I, remember, I, mean, I read a quote somewhere where they said, you know, don't complain about how challenging it is to be a writer because nobody asked you to do that. Nobody asked you to write that novel. You chose to do it. So quit complaining about it. If, you, if you're not happy doing it, stop doing it. I don't know about yeah. you. It, it sounds like you couldn't stop doing it. I certainly can't stop doing it. No, not at all. Ever since I was a kid, like my mom reminded me of this the other day. She was like, remember when you were like four? And you, I had my, because my mom always used to learn what they call shorthand. I don't know if they have that here in America, but she used to learn shorthand. And I used to sit next to her, barely holding a pencil and I'm writing. She's like, what are you writing? And I would always answer, I'm writing a book. And I would go on and on about these characters and all these different things. And she reminded me of that the other day. And I was like, oh yeah. Because you know, sometimes you, I don't know about you, but as a writer, I doubt, am I doing the right thing? Is this my calling? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? It feels that way inside, but the human part of you, questions it and when my mom said that there I was like yeah I am where I'm supposed to be I am doing the things I'm supposed to do I and it's writing and it's telling stories with these characters because I've always written in some form be it essays or scripts or whatever it is always done that that's my creative aspect I can't do anything else good but I know that I know that I can put myself in there and do that and feel good about it. You know, somebody else mightn't think it's good, but I think it's good, you know? And that's what I feel like. Yeah. That's, that's my calling. And this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I feel the same way. I, you know, if I can't write, then what else is there? You know, this is, this is everything. I mean, and you're right. We could go out and get a job, but it wouldn't be the same thing. Writing is, it's our, like you said, it's our calling. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's really, yeah. it's something. Well, listen, I've really enjoyed having you on the show and I wish you continued success with your writing. I, I think this is just going to be fascinating, especially because of what happened to you and, and the impact it has had on your work. 
So I, I can only see good things ahead for you. So thank you for being on the show and sharing all this. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I mean, we've, we've not, well, we kind of started around the same time because I remember like my first go around, you were there, I came back and you know, a lot of people who started with us, they're not doing this anymore because I was looking through my list to contact people because what I want to do is like start just, you know, just like I reached out to you and I said, okay, you have a new book. How about you promote it on my website? That kind of stuff. I'm trying to get more authors so that we can do these kind of things to help each other because we're not competing for, for, for readers. We're helping readers because, you know, you will discover like my audience is different to somebody else's audience, but you never know. They might know somebody. And that's the kind of network that I would love to start with authors. And so when I reached out to you and I was so grateful that you, you're like, yeah, I'm still doing this. And that, 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 that. I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Because the other people, like you go on their website and it's like crickets, nothing. Some websites have closed. <laughs> I mean, it's just so much because it's a, it's a hard thing, you know, and not a lot of people stay in it for that long period of time, but yeah. we're, we're still there chugging along. That's right. <laughs> Chugging along, writing along. Well, I, yeah. I'm really, I am so glad that you're on. Thank you for being on the show. And thanks again to everybody who joined us here at Living the Writing Life. 